We are in James chapter 2, and this is James 2 and verse 1. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. This is a passage about favoritism, about the sin where we size people up and we say this guy is better than the other guy. That's favoritism that happens amongst, he says here, believers of our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. And that's worrying because it's possible to be a believer and yet maybe commit this very unloving thing called favoritism, favoritism. Verse two, suppose, suppose scenario. A man comes in wearing fine clothes, a gold ring, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in tomorrow in church. You know, these two guys, rich guy, poor guy, both come into your church. How do you treat them differently? Verse three, if you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and you say to him, here, Mr. VIP, have this good seat. But you say to the guy who is poor, you stand over there, you know, far, far away. Or <laughs> sit on the floor by my feet, Ugh, you know, over down there because that's where you belong, you know. Your status is so low, lower than mine. Verse four, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. And when James says, have you not done this? You know, they have. That's the thing. This is a church that is doing this thing, but they don't realize it. They don't see it. And he wants to open their eyes to see this thing that's happening in their church and makes me think maybe might be happening in our churches as well. Kind of worrying, right? Verse eight, if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, and I find it interesting, it says, really, are you sure you're keeping this law? Love your neighbor as your brother and your sister in God's family. If you do this, you are doing right, he says. But, verse 9, if you show favoritism, you sin and you're convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For, verse 10, whoever keeps the whole law, everything else you're obedient to, and yet you stumble and this is one point. Favoritism, you're guilty of breaking the entire law. Now, this is how serious this tiny little thing called favoritism is. You think it's no big deal. God thinks it's such a big deal. Verse 11, for he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, uh, commit murder you have become a law breaker. <laughs> how do you illustrate this? Imagine you've just killed someone. Oh, you know, <laughs> you killed someone. And then after that, you went to Bible study. After that, you went home and became a loving husband, became a loving son to your mommy or your daddy. You know, you really uh, looked after them. And you thought because you're a loving son, uh, husband, Christian, it's okay for you to kill other people. That's silly, right? That, that's insane. But that's the situation that's happening here. You don't realize how serious it is when you show unlove towards your own brothers and sisters in Christ. You think it's no big deal. But it's like doing that horrible sin and covering up with other acts of righteousness. You say that's a kind of blindness, that's a kind of sin that's happening in this church. What's the solution? The solution is actually the gospel. Verse 12, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. It's talking about the gospel. 
It's not the law that restricts us, but this is the law that gives us freedom because it frees us from having to do the law, from having to obey the law. Jesus died so that we will be free, we will be justified by the law. Verse 13, because judgment without mercy, without Jesus, will be shown to anyone who's not been merciful. You see, discrimination essentially us judging one another. We are sizing one another up. And he's saying the reason we do that is because we think that's how God is judging us. We think we need to climb up the scale and we're very high up in the scale and therefore we need to have the same kind of standards when it comes to judging other people. But God says if you judge people like this, you're essentially judging yourselves without the gospel and you won't be shown that grace. You won't be shown that freedom that's in Christ. And therefore, it's a very dangerous thing to judge one another this way because you will be judged in the same way. But finally, he says here, there's such good news, mercy triumphs over judgment, meaning the gospel is the final word at the end of the day. You know, you have this problem, this sin, the gospel helps us to see this problem, helps us to deal with this problem. You know, uh, it's saying that, you know, you don't have to be defensive. If someone says, you know, my church, your church is dealing with this very serious problem of favoritism, you say, okay, let me see where it is because that's where I want to apply the gospel. That's where I want to love people more, not less. It's an opportunity to show God's grace precisely to the people whom maybe we honestly struggle to love, but God will help us to love them with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that an opportunity? Isn't that freeing as well to be able to acknowledge our sin but give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ? Uh, let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gospel. It helps us to deal with very, this very real and very current problem of favoritism. And forgive us when this happens uh, in our churches. I think it's just so shameful, but at least help us to see it. And thank you so much for the solution, this grace, this forgiveness, this love that comes to us in the Lord Jesus Christ that none of us deserve, but all of us receive freely through him and him alone. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is Jesus' mission statement where it says, I was sent for this purpose. The word sent is the Latin missio where we get the word mission. Why did Jesus come? Jesus says to preach the good news of the kingdom of God.